months ago when we found out that we were going to be sheltering in place for some time uh, and worshiping together online through this digital format, Ed and I talked about what it would look like to create a meaningful worship experience for our church during a, a trying season. Now, I don't think we had any idea about how, how long we'd be putting together these services. Uh, we just kind of started by taking it week by week. And, and I think along the way, I, I can speak for both Ed and, and myself and saying a huge thank you to, to all of you that have contributed to these services in one capacity or another as we've gone from week to week. As a community, I, I think we've grown. I think we've learned how the church can, can look and how it can look a little different and that we can even thrive in different circumstances. And we've been in this at-home sermon series to remind ourselves that faith development doesn't just involve places where, where we go. It also involves places where we live. It involves our home. So for so much of history, transformation and spiritual growth, it started in the home both collectively for the early church community and, and, and personally. So, so the church isn't a building or a specific place. It's a people who are committed to following Jesus together in a world that's constantly changing. And our world is definitely constantly changing right now. So as we've journeyed through the different homes that, that we found ourselves in, in in the book of Acts, we, we've been reminded of that reality. And with this morning being Pentecost, we're going to see that the, the Holy Spirit, that the advocate that Jesus promised before his ascension, it, that the Holy Spirit came to the apostles while they were in a home. And again, it all started in a house. So hear these words from Luke, starting in Acts chapter 2. When the day came of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were, were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from, from every nation under heaven. And at the sound, the, the multitude, they, they came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we, we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongue the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I have a, a quick confession from the last 10 weeks from the Rody household. There have been days where simply getting out of our pajamas has seemed like a massive accomplishment. Now, there's a good chance that if you've been on a Zoom call with me at some point during this season that, that I was wearing a, a collared shirt and, and, and pajama pants or a collared shirt and, and swim trunks. At, at some point, 
maybe a month or two into this, this season, into the stay at home sort of thing. My wife Haley and I, we realized that, that we had to do a better job of, of kind of setting the tone for each and every day. And, and really that, that started with the first thing in the morning. Now, it's not at all to say that we had a perfect rhythm or routine at any point during this whole thing. I, I really don't think anybody has, but it's been abundantly clear that the day goes much better for our entire household if we start the day with one simple step. Some of you, some of you know this trick. It's just simply making your bed. It might sound silly, but for whatever reason, it's something that lays the foundation for the rest of the day in the midst of the chaos of the working from home, of the school from home, of all the news styles. It sets the tone for the whole day. The story in Acts that we just read is, is the foundational act, the foundational moment for the church. It sets the tone for the whole story of the early church. The image of the birth of the church, it mirrors the, the picture that's painted at the beginning of, of Genesis. So as we read earlier, Genesis begins with this kind of empty and, and, and complete void space. And then the spirit of God hovers over the, the water and God begins to create. Then later in, in Genesis 8 with the flood, the other passage that we, we read earlier, it's the spirit of God, the Hebrew word ruach, that's also used there for creation. The same spirit hovers over the earth and it calms things down. Restoration begins. So as the apostles, they, they sit in the house in Jerusalem lamenting what's wrong with the world and looking forward to what was ever was coming, but not quite sure. They, they would have been familiar with the imagery of the Hebrew scripture. On one hand, when the Holy Spirit comes into their house and begins to create and, and restore, it was unlike anything they had ever experienced. But on the other hand, it, it wasn't completely foreign. They would have heard the stories of the Spirit of God showing up like a rushing wind. Their parents, their grandparents, they would have told down, told them those stories from one generation to the next. In Acts, the restoration of God's people and the creation of the church, it starts in a home in Jerusalem. Now today, in, in this season, this COVID-19 season that we're all in, I believe restoration and creation begins in the home as well. Earlier this week, I, I was talking with a friend about how as this season drags on and on, division and brokenness, it just seems to find a way to seep into our society each and every day. Whether it's, it's conversations about opening up our society and how they, they turn into personal attacks or whether it's twisting information to fit one's own narrative, or whether it's the blatant attacks of racism that have led to the deaths of multiple young black men in the last few weeks. There is a lot of pain right now, a lot of hurt. Plenty of reminders that all is not right in the world. Now in the world of Reformed theology where the Presbyterian church sits, we have this phrase that kind of defines the brokenness and division in the world. It's called total depravity. It's the idea that we're all sinful. So we can't turn our backs on our own stuff. We can't run away from it all as much as we might want to. Now it's not at all an excuse for our actions, not at all, but it, it should lead us to be honest with our own prejudices. Honest with our own stances and honest with our own stories. And hopefully as we kind of hold that mirror up to ourselves, recognizing our own need for grace and mercy, we start to see the image of God in every person that we encounter. Now it's in those moments that we 
can kind of begin to create and restore, to be a part of what God is doing in the world through the Holy Spirit. And the story in Acts reminds us that that all starts in the home. Now, in the first century, uh, where this all happened, Palestinian Jews, they, they, they would have spoken Aramaic. Some would have known Hebrew and, and some Latin as well. And because of what Alexander the Great had done 400 years earlier, Greek was kind of the common international language. So the crowds around that house in Jerusalem, they probably would have expected Greek or, or maybe even Aramaic. But, but Luke tells us, that they're amazed and perplexed because they hear the gospel spoken in their native tongue. Now, now we don't know exactly what the apostles said, but we do know that it was like a rush of mighty wind. And later Peter explains that, that everything that was happening was a part of God's plan. So the restoration and creation that comes through the Spirit changed the apostles and it also caused all who were around them to pay attention, to ask questions. Now, whenever I, I read this Pentecost story, I, I always think about today's church. And I wonder if we're living, if we're acting, if we're, we're preaching the gospel in a way that, that causes our neighbors to turn and pay attention and pay attention for the right reasons. Are, are we open to questions? Are we committed to the work of, of restoration? Are we committed to the work of creation? It all starts with the Spirit. And it's not just about Sunday morning or what we do when we open our sanctuaries or when we're on our church campus. It's what about, it's about what we do when we are, are at home, when we are in our neighborhoods, when we are at the grocery stores, when we are everywhere that we go. The Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost and the Spirit of God is there at the creation story and again in the flood. But there's another place in the Hebrew scriptures where we read about the Spirit of God creating and restoring a people in need. It's out of Ezekiel, the prophet. And we're going to read it and I want to invite you to, to kind of picture how it looks for God's Spirit to rest on our homes, extending out into our communities and how we can be a part of the creation and restorative work that God is doing. So hear these words from Ezekiel chapter 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones, and he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley. And behold, they were dry they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the words of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will, will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you. And you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and I and as I prophesied, there was a sound and behold, a rattling and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked and behold, there were sinews on them and flesh had come upon them and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. 
So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it, declares the Lord. I will put my spirit within you. May that be our prayer this Pentecost. Amen.